Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. For free resources and free messages, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Praise the Lord. Well, if you'd all like to turn, not in your hymnal, but in your Bible, <laughs> to, um, not to him, but to Genesis 27. Okay. Genesis 27. First, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you so much for the blood this morning. Thank you so much for, Lord, that your arms are still open to receive sinners. And now, Lord, we come to you wanting to be taught by you as our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 27, 1. It came to pass that when Isaac was old, his eyes were dim. He could not see. He called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow. Go out to the field. Take me some venison. Make me savory meat, such as I love. Bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Rebekah heard when Isaac spake unto spake to Esau his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison to bring it. Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, Heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock, fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats. I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and he may bless thee before his death. Jacob said it to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. I'm a smooth man. My father peradventure will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. His mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son, only obey my voice. Go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. His mother made the savory meat, such as his father loved. Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, put them on Jacob, her younger son. She put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands, upon the smooth of his neck. She gave the savory meat and the bread. She had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. He came to his father, said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? He said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near. I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father. He felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him, and he said, Art thou my very son Esau? He said, I am. He said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought it for wine, and he drank. And his father said unto him, Come now near and kiss me, my son. He came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, blessed him, and said, See, the son, smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons be bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. 
Boy, what a passage this is. Now, in our, in our last study, we began this chapter, which, will, which is really the chapter that differentiates between Jacob and Esau. And we saw in our last study how important those first words were in verse 1 that begins with really description of, of Isaac's eyesight. And it came to pass in verse 1 that when Isaac was old, his eyes were dim, he could not see. And, and we understand, as, I've, as we looked at this chapter here, just how dim Isaac's eyes were and just how much Isaac could not see. When we look at these verses like verse 21 and verse 22 and verse 24 and verse 26 and verse 21, where it says, Isaac said unto Jacob, come near. I pray thee that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. I mean, here Isaac is suspicious that this is an imposter of Esau standing right in front of Isaac. And it's really Jacob. It's not Esau. He's standing right in front. He's near to him. And and then in verse 22, Jacob went near unto Isaac his father. He felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. So here Isaac is saying, the the voice of the person standing right in front of my eyes, in front of me is Jacob and not Esau, and he can't figure it out. And then in verse 24, he says, art thou very my very son Esau? He said, I am. So here's Isaac, and he's asking the person standing right in front of him if he really was Esau or if he's Jacob. And then in verse 26, and his father Isaac said unto him, come near now and kiss me, my son. So, so Isaac, he's got the imposter Jacob coming so near to him that he kisses him and he can't see that it's really, really Jacob. So Isaac could not see that it was Jacob when he came as close as you can get to a person, so he kisses him. I mean, Isaac was not far-sighted. Isaac was not near-sighted. Isaac was no-sighted. <laughs> he was dead blind. He was flat out right blind, Isaac was. So those words in verse 1, his eyes were dim, he could not see. It's really it's describing his physical condition, his blindness. But far more than that, it's describing his spiritual inability to see because of the tragic words that follow it in verse 1. He couldn't see, he calls Esau his eldest son. Now, we all know that Esau was the eldest son of Isaac, so we don't, know why, we, don't, we don't need that for information here. But it stated his eldest son by way of emphasis to show us that Isaac is calling the elder to make him ruler over the younger. And that's in direct defiance. It's direct rebellion against God, who in chapter 25, verse 23, had called that the younger should be the ruler over the elder. I think I got it straight this time. (laughs) So, you look at verse 1. There are two words in verse 1 that are tragic words. And and what two words, take a stab at it, what two words do you see in verse 1 that are just tragic? Just guess. He could no longer see. <laughs> That's tragic, all right, Bill. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be that way. Even more tragic than that. Two words. Just guess. My son. Yes, my son. My son. That was tragic for Isaac to call Esau my son. Why? Wasn't Esau his son? Oh, no, that title, my son, is a very, very special title. Just how special is that title, my son? It's been memorialized for us in a passage we've already studied, which was the first time in the Bible that a father ever called his boy, my son. 
Where have we seen the only time before in Genesis that a father calls his boy my son? Abraham, when? That's right. Well, before the binding of Isaac. But when they're walking up the hill to Mount Moriah in Genesis 22, Genesis 22, 7, this is a memorial verse for the title, my son, because there it says, and Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. First time. Very important time. Behold, the fire, the, bur- the wood. Where's the lamb for a burnt offering? See, we're coming up on Passover right now, and this is a passage that explains the love between God the Father and God the Son when God the Son became the Lamb, the Passover Lamb, the Lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. Like John the Baptist said in John one twenty nine, the next day when John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. But this passage in Genesis 22 is the most tender conversation between a human father and a human son in all the Bible. And this was the where is the lamb, intimate conversation, a most tender, a most tender scene. Where is the lamb for a burnt offering between a father and a son? And it all starts off with that tender title from Isaac of my father. And that's when you have the most tender title from Abraham that was given to Isaac when he says, Here am I, my son. See, Hineni vni says, Here am I, my son. And at that time, Isaac was fearful. He was afraid that he might be the lamb for the burnt offering. And so, in a complete trust of his father, he calls out, this, he calls out this title, my father. He calls out Avi, my father. And there's something very special to the title, Avi, my father. You know, I remember when Richard Legs and his kids were little, and they were here at the chapel, and how, you know, you remember Richard Legs? You know, everybody remember Richard Legs? He had the son. He had, remember his son, Joey? And he called, he never called his son Joey. <laughs> I mean, that was his name. Everybody else called him Joey. But Richard always called him son. He said, son, come here. Son, do that. You never called him my son. <laughs> he always called just son. I figured, you know, he called Joey's son. Called Joey. He didn't call him my son because that left Richard room to get angry with Joey. See? <laughs> he could get mad at him. If he called him my son, you can't get so mad at him. So when Isaac called out that special title of love and devotion, Avi, my father, Isaac, you know, Isaac did not get a response from his father of, yes. <laughs> or uh, what do you want, you know, <laughs> which would have been very understandable response. That would have been a very understandable response from an Abraham who knew that he was going to have to sacrifice this son by cutting his throat and burning him up. See, with that knowledge that was on Abraham's mind, it would have been 100% understandable how Abraham, in order to preserve his own sanity and emotional stability, might have been in the process of distancing himself from his son. See, it would have been totally understandable for Abraham to start the severing process, to start to sever his heart of love from Isaac that he was going to have to be a soon kill. And we could understand if Abraham would have started to sever his heart from Isaac and began to act aloof and began to act cold to Isaac 
that he was about to kill. And so as Isaac saw the mountain before him for the sacrifice, he sees the fire, he sees the wood, he sees the knife for the lamb, for the burnt offering, but he doesn't see the lamb for the burnt offering. And so he's afraid. Isaac is afraid. He might be the lamb for the burnt offering. And if he's the lamb for the burnt offering, Isaac's afraid that he's about to be abandoned. He's about to be forsaken by his father Abraham. So more than a specific answer to the question, you know, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac's really looking for assurance from his father that his father was not separating from him. He was looking for assurance that his father was not distancing himself from him. He was looking for assurance. He's fearful. He's looking for assurance. His father is not in the process of abandoning and forsaking him. I mean, Isaac was okay with the father knows best, but more than the father knows best, Isaac needed assurance that the father loves best. <laughs> and that assurance was going to come, come not from the specific details of, well, where's the lamb for the burnt offering, which he never got a, a good answer on, but that assurance that Isaac was looking for was going to come from the title that Abraham gave to Isaac when Isaac called out the title, Avi, my father. See, Isaac did not just blurt out the question, so where's the lamb for the burnt offering? I need to know where the lamb is for the burnt offering. Before I can take any more step up to that mountain, I have to know right now details, where's that lamb for the burnt offering? Because I'm getting very distressed, very disturbed, very afraid right now. And so, Abraham, so Isaac, he doesn't call Abraham, which would have been a little strange, and, and, but he doesn't call Abraham father. Isaac calls Abraham my father. And, and with that title, there's an unspoken call that Isaac is making to Abraham. I, Isaac's afraid that Abraham's going to kill him and burn him. And, 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 and Isaac, he, he calls out my father. He's calling out to Abraham with this question. And, and this tender call of my father was, Ab- was calling to Abraham. He said, my father, I'm fearful. So I'm asking you, are you pushing me away? He, he's calling Abraham my father. He's saying, father, I'm fearful. Are you distancing yourself from me? Father, Abraham, I, 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 he's calling his father Abraham. My father, I, he's, he's afraid. Are you severing from me? And, and he's saying, are you abandoning me? Are you forsaking me? So when Isaac called Abraham my father, fearful Isaac was really asking Abraham those questions, and he's really asking a question, should I be afraid? Should I be terrorized right now? Should I have no peace? And when Isaac calls Abraham my father, he's really asking him, do you still love me? And so God, and God described Isaac to Abraham before this, in Genesis 22, 2, when he says, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest. So when Isaac, fearful Isaac, is calling to Abraham, my father, fearful Isaac is asking Abraham, Am I still thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest? See, by calling Abraham my father, Isaac is saying, If I am still thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, then I trust you. Even if you want me to be the sacrifice, if you want me to be the lamb for a burnt offering, I trust your love. So when Isaac said to, to Abraham, my father, he's really saying, just tell me that you love me the same as you always have, and I'll be at peace. 
and I'll go on with you together up that mountain, even if it means for me to become the lamb for a burnt offering. So Abraham's response back to Isaac, uh, Isaac's call, my father, that's going to determine if Isaac is going to be at peace and go with Abraham together with him up that mountain, even if it meant that Isaac was going to be the lamb for a burnt offering. So fearful Isaac, he's looking for the response from Abraham. What's it going to be? Is it going to be the cold, distant yes, what do you want? Or, or yes, son? Or uh, fearful Isaac, he got his answer when Abraham said to Isaac, my son, the knee, my son. And, and, and Isaac says to himself, he just called me my son. He just called me my son, which means I'm still his son. I'm still his only son whom he loves. See, the answer of my son was all meaningful to Isaac that day because, from, because from, by hearing my son, Isaac was at peace. And that peace was described by a little phrase at the end of Genesis 22.8 where it says, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And here's the phrase, So they went, both of them, together. Both of them together. They were on the same page. See, when fearful Isaac heard the title of my son, he was, at the end of of, of that verse 8 in chapter 22, puts it, so they went both of them together. Isaac knew he loves me. And he now, he knew, yeah, father knows best, father also loves best. And and so he hears that, and he's, he's got the assurance that he wants. Back there, in Genesis 22, was our man Isaac, that we're here and now in Genesis 27. It's only been about 100 years earlier, but he remembers. <laughs> and, and so here we are now in Genesis 27.1. It's our same man, Isaac. And, and it's our man, Isaac, in Genesis 27.1, who got all that meaning behind the term, my son. I mean, that's our man, Isaac, in Genesis 27 and Genesis 22. And he knew more than anyone else what that term, my son, meant. So our man Isaac, in Genesis 27.1, he knows very well what the term, my son, means. And in verse 1, we read, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, my son. So now we've seen how special that term is, my son, which is for Isaac, and all the meaning that's behind it. And now it really gives us forceful impact when he calls Esau my son. When Isaac called Esau my son, Isaac's thinking about when his father Abraham called him my son. No one in Genesis knew the deep meaning of that term, my son, like Isaac did. And Isaac knew that when his father Abraham called him my son, Isaac, that 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 meant, you are my son, you are my only son, my son whom I love. So when Isaac is calling Esau my son, Isaac is saying to Esau, you are my son, you are my only son, you are my son who I love. As a matter of fact, Isaac never, never knowingly called Jacob his son. He never said to, Abe, to Jacob, my son. He only called Esau my son. And just in case we might think that, well, it was a slip of one time when Isaac called Esau his son, I want you to look at this chapter. Tell me all the times when Isaac called Esau my son. Let's count them and, and, and include the times when, when he was calling uh, Jacob, who was impersonating Esau, his son. And he, says, and he says, my son. So what are they? I'll get, I'll get you started. The first one's in verse 1. <laughs> he said unto him, my son. Okay, where's the next one? 
That's number one instance. What's number two? Your eyes are dim, you cannot see, or no? (laughs) He's 18. Who art thou, my son? Right? Number two. What? Oh, yeah. But but that's Rebecca. Um, We're talking about Isaac calling uh, Jacob my son. Oh, oh, Rebecca, she called Jacob my son. All right. (laughs) But I'm talking about when Isaac did. Okay, we got two. Twenty. How has he found us so quickly? My son. Okay. Do I have four? <laughs> I got three. Do I have four? <laughs> what? Twenty-one. I may feel thee, my son. Do I have five? Twenty-four? Yes, my very son. Right. Twenty-four. Okay, I got five. Okay. And, uh, right, okay. And then what's the other one? Twenty-five? Eat of my son's venison. Okay. And 26, we got 26, we got seven times, got another one, 27, see the smell of my son, we got eight times, got another one, is it in 37? Okay, what shall I do unto thee, my son? Okay, nine times, nine times Isaac calls Esau my son. Not once does Isaac knowingly call Jacob my son. Now, we already mentioned, Rebecca does. She does in verse 8, number 1, Obey my voice, my son. She does in verse 2, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Number 2. And she does in verse 43, My son, obey my voice. Three, three times. See, nine times, Isaac calls Esau my son. My son, my son, my son, my son, my son, my son. It's, this chapter is full of the my sons. And it shows the stubbornness of Isaac. Isaac in his stubbornness is saying, I don't care what the will of God is. Esau's my choice. He's my son. He's my only son whom I love. He's the only person I'll ever call my son. I don't care if God has chosen Jacob. I've chosen Esau, and that settles it. That's Isaac. And so God had to break that will in Isaac, and it was over this. It reminds me of how Pastor Jim told me one time that before he met Gene, he was going to marry another girl while he was at Providence Bible Institute. And Jim loved that girl, and so much that he had he'd taken the position. She was his choice, and he wanted her for his wife, even if that was not God's choice for his life. That's what he wanted. But he knew that he had given his life for missionary, full-time missionary service, and this girl made it very clear that she did not want to go into full-time missionary service. But Jim loved her, and he wanted to marry her. See, Jim's like Isaac, refusing to, to surrender to God's choice. Then Stephen Olford came to town, and he preached in that auditorium there at Providence Bible Institute. And his message was on surrendering your will to God. And his text was Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which, after all, is your reasonable service. And at the end of the message, Stephen Olford challenged the students to surrender their hearts to God. And he stepped to the side of the pulpit, and he made like this, and he said, So to you, Bible students, I throw down the gauntlet. He said, I throw down the gauntlet. Will you surrender your hearts and your wills to God? Pastor Jim, he said he couldn't get out of the seat. He was under such conviction, he settled it right there. And, and then told the girl he couldn't get married to her. So what do we see here? in this case with Isaac. We see a man who is stubborn. He's holding on to his natural affection for this son. And, and it's strange, but he loved him because he was a good cook. You know. Anyway, anyway, he loved the venison. Couldn't tell if he loved the son or he loved the venison. I don't know. Maybe he would give the blessing to the venison. You know. <laughs> but what we do see in Isaac, I mean, they're not, they're not all bad. I mean, there's something good here. 
And what we see is found when, in, in verses 2 through 3 when he says, Behold, now I'm old, I'm at the point of, uh, I know not the day of my death. And, and so he says, Therefore take thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow, go out to the field, take this in venison. So Isaac's saying, Behold, now I'm old, I don't know when I'm going to die. Now therefore. What we see here is Isaac thinking about his death, and we saw this in the last study. They was thinking about his death because he had arrived at the same age of the, when his half-brother died and realizing that his window of opportunity is closing. We see Isaac springing into action. You know, it reminds us of what God told uh, Joshua in Joshua 13.1 when it says, Now Joshua was old and stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. Thank you for listening to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you would like to hear more of this message or other messages by Tom Cantor, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or go to itunes.com and search for the Friendship with God podcast. All messages are cataloged by date and all available for free listening and free download. You can also call us directly for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor. Join the Creation Earth History Museum for our 10th Annual Museum Day Family Festival, Saturday, September 26th. Hi, this is Jason Payne, museum curator. I want to personally invite you and your families to a free, fun-filled event including new exhibits, testimonies from leading scientific experts, meet NASA astronaut Colonel Jeffrey Williams, and many others. Activities for the entire family. So join us Saturday, September 26th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go online to learn more at creationsd.org or call 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104.